Welcome to the American Truck Driver Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Polk, and you're listening to a special series called Dissecting a Decade, my journey of growth and understanding my value in the trucking industry. The 10 episodes in this series will cover the years 2008 to 2018 and will describe for you the ideas, plans, and decisions I made that led to success, failure, and restoration. 2011 began on a bus. 26 hours riding a bus from Columbus, Ohio to St. Cloud, Minnesota. I haven't been on a bus since. Well, one, one short ride um, from St. Cloud to Omaha uh, later in 2013. Uh, but never more than a few hours. Um, there's just a... Uh, it's a special kind of hell to sit on a on a Greyhound bus for 26 hours. When I got off the bus in St. Cloud, it was like minus 10. I'm not even sure that I'd ever experienced that kind of cold. I uh, got to the motel, got a few hours of sleep, went to orientation that began the next day. I was there you know two or three days I selected a truck uh, introduced to a a fleet manager and uh, on that Thursday uh, which would have probably been like the 4th of January um, I I got an empty trailer and I deadheaded uh, all the way to Milwaukee and I remember you know I, I, I assigned the lease and, and I learned all I could and I asked all the questions that I could and after I was issued the truck I went over to the pilot in St. Cloud and I put uh, you know it seems now like $4,000 worth of fuel on that truck but I think it was like eight fifty, and I thought wow I just put $850 in the tank of this truck wow this better work after the first couple of loads that I did, um, I got a settlement, and the settlement day came, and I think my first settlement was around $2,700 um, for a week of work. And I called my wife, and I said, hey, I think we're going to be okay. Um, it was a specialized um, business that I was in. I carried um, lots of moving blankets and sheets of plywood and load bars and and a lot of the stuff that we hauled had to have special care um, so the rates were great Uh, and that helped a lot you know um, they had Anderson trucking at that time had two divisions they had this small um, van division and then they had their giant um, heavy haul flatbed platform division and the flatbed guys were required to start out on mileage and then after a certain period of time they could switch to percentage Uh, but the vans we could choose to start on percentage and that was a huge huge uh, advantage because the rates were so high you know sometimes three or four five dollars a mile um, you know getting 67 percent of that uh, was important had i been on uh, mileage, you know, f- that s- had a sliding scale anywhere from like a dollar twenty-five to a dollar sixty. I, I, I don't think I would have ever made it. Um, but the, the the big rates at that time 
um, for hauling these specialized products um, really made a huge difference because I was seeing that my truck was, you know, even after the percentage was doing four to five thousand dollars a week. And so I could, uh, uh, I could afford the lessons that I would learn because the rates were high enough. Um, I, I did stay out a lot, you know, sometimes two, three, four weeks at a time. I remember, I think it was Easter. Um, I had tried to do like an every other weekend thing and, you know, I would have a great week and then a, and then a bad week and, and a great week. And, um, and my wife actually brought it up and she was like, look, it, you know, if you're going to do this, um, and you're going to invest in this, then, then you need to go, you need to go do it and you need to stay out. So I started staying out anywhere from four to six weeks at a time, um, so that I could just pass as much revenue as possible through the truck we uh we we in march uh we were about to move into a new townhouse and i was in um new hampshire and i had delivered a load and i was going to uh i was going to pick up a, a load i believe in is that london dairy one of those states up there I uh, I had to blindside not like completely blindside but you know had to really favor the right side trying to back into this dock and I just needed a few more inches to straighten out my truck and being a company driver um, for so many years really uh, came back to bite me there was a snowbank in front of my bumper and the company driver in me said, well, just push your bumper up against that snowbank and get that couple of inches that you need. Um, so I did it. Well, the problem was it wasn't snow. It was a bank of snow that was now ice that was, you know, hard as a, as a rock. And uh, when I tried to push those few inches, it shoved my bumper back and knocked the bottom out of my radiator. And so as I'm backing into the dock, I notice this strange liquid on the ground. And I, when I get backed in, I see that I've ruptured the radiator. And so there I sat. And there was the first really, really big devastating lesson that, um, hey, your truck's broke down and they're not sending you another one. This is the only truck you got. And so we had to give up the load. I had to call a wrecker. I had to be towed to a Freightliner dealer and then be told, you know, it's going to be a week or 10 days. And I was on track to have my biggest week so far. Uh, I, th I think, you know, my net settlement was going to be somewhere around $4,000 for that week. I just had to pick up that load, take it to Buffalo, New York, and then bounce to the house. And, um, you know, so financially for that one week, it didn't hurt me all that bad. Uh, but now I'm stuck. So I went to the airport and I rented a car and I drove almost 900 miles home. I got the move taken care of. I was home, you know, seven days or whatever. They got the truck fixed. I drove back to New Hampshire in the rental car and, uh, you know, and, and went back to work. Uh, but that was, that was where the most significant, the first significant change in my mindset happened because it was then that I understood 
what the mentality of an owner operator has to be um, and it's not like a company driver mentality um, you know you have one truck if you don't maintain it properly and it breaks you're out of money if you know if you crash it you're out of money it it hits you in your pocketbook and it really uh, was a kind of um, moment where I began really to uh, shift my mind and, and, and understand how important every single decision that I made. And these are just things that I never thought about as a company driver. Um, I had a couple more mechanical issues that, um, that went back to preventative maintenance uh, on the truck. And, uh, you know, let's just be honest, as company drivers, our pre-trip inspections are... Uh, you know, does it have oil? Does it have tires? Does it start? Yes, let's go. Um, I, you know, I really started paying attention to uh, the components of my truck in detail because I had experienced some breakdowns, little minor stuff, but they, they cost me time. And I realized that they were things that I could have avoided, um, that I could have seen ahead of time. And then had those repairs done while I was off. Um, <clears throat> shortly after that, I started going to a, a terminal uh, in Indiana where uh, ATS had a shop. And so I would plan my home time uh, that I wouldn't take the truck with me. I would take the truck to the shop and leave it with a, you know instructions for things that needed to be done. And I would rent a car and go home because it was a way to really maximize my time and get things done to the truck before they broke um, and while I was off and not taking away from my time to be able to pull loads. So June, uh, July of 2011, um, August uh, was, you know, just running as hard as I could as uh, I think I hit almost every state. Um, I don't think I went to the Northwest yet, um, but, you know, California, the Northeast, this was before uh, California really cracked down on the emissions, so that truck was still allowed in California in 2011, so I'd taken one load out there, but uh, I had a great fleet manager um, who just kept me moving, you know, we, we didn't really have forced dispatch, but you know the load that they sent you was probably the best you were going to get so i don't i don't really i didn't really ever turn down loads i just took what they gave me um i had a interesting experience uh one part of the year doing household goods as uh, extra capacity for military moves and so they would just send me uh with a truck and trailer to some residential area to a house and there would be a moving company um, and they didn't have enough trailers to do all the military moves, so they would contract us. And, you know, I would go there and sit in the truck and watch television while they loaded it. And then I would drive to another place and, you know, sit there while they unloaded it. So it was nice not to have to do any of the loading and unloading. And some of the rates were... I one time deadheaded from Arizona to Colorado, 900 and some miles, to get a load that went to Kansas. And even with all that deadhead, after everything was taken out of my settlement, I still made $2,000 that week off of one load. 
it was pretty wild. Um, we had ebbs and flows in uh, the capacity in that, or I'm sorry, the volume in that market because, you know, a lot of stuff uh, happens in the first part of the year. And then you have uh, uh, the, the kind of the household goods season. But the pad wrap stuff kind of starts to die off in the fall. So we were kind of just scrounging around for whatever we could find. And then ended up taking two weeks off at Christmas because there's basically just nothing to do. You know, they pretty much said, just go to the house because, um, you know, if we find anything, it's going to suck and it's not going to be worth doing. Um, Anderson's lease at that time was a one-year deal. So you would um, you would lease your truck, you would pay a weekly payment, your insurance, you would pay into maintenance funds. And then once you completed the lease, uh, you got a $3,200 completion bonus. So we had already, you know, uh, at Christmas time knew that the, the following week would be the completion of my lease. So all I had to do was drive through St. Cloud and pick up a $3,200 check, sign my lease for 2012, and uh, and go on so at the end when it was all said and done uh, I, I had hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars total revenue to the truck for a hundred thousand miles so that means I did a dollar seventy eight all miles to the truck I think my taxable income was uh, you know somewhere in the sixty five thousand dollar range um, you know that that that's that can be kind of a misnomer because you get you know you get some pass through cash flow that that comes to you that you know really technically taxable but you get a lot of benefits from being self-employed that you don't have as a company driver so 2011 was a great year uh it was a it was a it was a success uh i learned a ton uh best financial position i'd ever been in uh, developed this great relationship with this fleet manager. I took care of him. He took care of me. And um, it was uh, it was overall a really positive experience, and I was really excited to get ready to go into 2012. I hope you've enjoyed this look at the decade that made me. Be sure to tune in again next week for the next installment of the series. If you have any questions, you can email me at anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media, facebook.com slash anamericantruckdriver, twitter.com slash chrispolk76, and on Instagram, at anamericantruckdriver.